The champ is here. We will definitely not shut up and dribble. The champ is here. Continue to stand with the people. The champ is here. I will, I will not, not, not lose. lose. I'm a bad man. I shook up the world. Yes, welcome, welcome, welcome. You could have been anywhere in the world, but you are here with we. My name is EJ, and I got my man. Yeah, yes, sir. He's a DB of the show holding us down in that press coverage. We are black in sports. We're giving a voice to the culture that will not shut up and dribble. All right. So today we're going to bring you in the locker room and we want to talk about a definite special article that was produced by Jamel Hill uh, last year. And the title of that article is it's time for black athletes to leave white colleges. So, I mean, that's a strong topic. I mean, I'm, I was ready to get into it. Yeah, let's do it, man. All right, man. So this is a very, very strong statement, right, just to come out the, the gate. And, I mean, you know, we've been talking about the state of the, the black athlete. We've we've talked about, you know, um, black in sports and, and, and all of this. What's your initial thoughts, you know, kind of for um, athletes, that kind of stance and that push for black athletes to go to leave these white colleges, majority white? Uh, for one – um, I guess the word is just exposure, and you could say positive exposure, negative exposure. Uh, I think the word to kind of some of my thoughts around it is just uh, exposure. Now, for me, uh, I didn't go to um, uh, HBCU. <laughs> I went to you know, went to basically a white school um, in parts of Northern Colorado, um, and I had a good experience. I don't complain, but honestly, looking at it now. 2020, how, you know, how my career kind of shaped up after playing, and um, I probably had a better experience at an HBCU. Um, and, and by far, my biggest or my, my best experience I've ever had in college or ever seen in the college atmosphere to this day, outside of the Cotton Bowl, where I got to go see my god brother play when USC played Texas Tech okay. on my birthday in 1994. I'll never forget that. That was a dope experience. I was sitting right next to Keyshawn Johnson's uh, parents and family and all things like that when he was still in college. So I'll never forget that growing up. That was a really dope experience. But probably my second favorite memory uh, of college athletics, of me not actually playing in a game, was the Magic City Classic in, uh, in Birmingham, Alabama. So it was uh, Alabama A&M uh, and Alabama State. And, to this day, it's probably the, the best experience I had actually not playing. Just the atmosphere is probably unmatched uh, anywhere, particularly on a, a, a Division One platform that doesn't, you know, find yourself in uh, the Fiesta Bowl or something like that. I'm sure that that uh, atmosphere is pretty incredible to play in too. But right. um, that, that's, that's kind of where I, I, I stand on it. I think um, it comes down to exposure when it comes down to um, who who is seeing these games and what platform are these athletes, the elite level athletes are on at an HBCU versus uh, a predominantly white school? I think that, that begs the question, I guess, if that can happen. So you're saying that them going to these schools, it limits their opportunity to make it? Uh, yes and no. Okay. okay. I would say no, because if you if you look at, let's, uh, for example, Zion Williams, and I think 
this kind of move movement would be easier uh, in college basketball because most of the top elite freshmen are just kind of one and done anyway at this point. Right. Um, so if you say, you know, Zion Williamson, he, you know, hit up some of his AAU, you know, boys, and he's from South Carolina, and he just wanted to go to, I don't know, maybe he wanted to go out of Alabama State. Maybe he just felt like going to Morgan State. Maybe he wanted to go, he went to, you know, in North Carolina, went to school in North Carolina. Maybe he just wanted to go to North Carolina A&T, and he took three or four of his boys. I think he has a following anywhere. He, you know, anyway, he had three million followers prior to getting to Duke um, that, you know, I think people will follow him and, and see him uh, at North Carolina A&T or at Duke. And it wouldn't matter where he's at. Um, but on the, on the other side, I think what Duke brings help with Zion's brand is, you know, Duke basketball is Duke basketball. Um, Duke basketball is going to be on ESPN 12 to 14 times a year. Duke basketball's alumni sentence would be, you know, Grant Hill, Kyrie Irving, Jason Tatum, you know, all those names lined up are attached now with Zion Williamson. Um, and I think that's a, a platform that's unique that maybe North Carolina A&T couldn't offer Zion Williamson at that time. So that's why I say yes or no. Hmm. As far as exposure? As far as just exposure, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's a great premise, and I would love it to happen but I think it's going to be an act of very monumental movements for this to, to, if we talk about, especially if you want to go the basketball route, I think it's a lot tougher. I kind of differ with you, you on that. You think it's tougher if it's basketball? Yeah. So okay. basketball, as we've kind of continued, and it's funny that you use Zion, Zion because uh, the allegations of him getting coerced <laughs> to go to Duke now is the – right allegedly finger quotations, allegedly uh, getting paid or his parents receiving compensation for him to go there. Um, You know, the players themselves do not control where they really go. And I don't see, you know, like we've talked about the scheme, you know, we've watched the scheme and they talked about that, um, that screen where it showed the money that these institutions are getting for their basketball programs and football programs in some accounts, but mostly basketball programs are getting the, the amount of money. And they're controlling where these kids go, right? And then you got um, your people like Kool-Aid and Weasel, you know, who's a part of that, <laughs> a part of the whole process, you know, of getting these kids to, to, to go where they should go. So I think it, it, it takes it's going to take a really big effort and someone to, to champion that effort. Um, I think you're right, though. It does start with like a Zion saying, hey, I'm going to go do this and, you know, the, the other people just have to figure out how the money works. But I think that's one of the biggest challenges is, as far as basketball goes because of how it's a one and done. Um, it's, you know, I got to get paid, especially if you're talking about the top guys. I just think that's it's it'll be harder for basketball. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, I mean, we, 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 we touched on this, man, is that, <laughs> you know, a lot of how society is now is just a flex. Yes. Right. So, you know, um, you know, Zion Williamson, part of his flex is going to be like, yeah, you know, I played in this church league in high school, but now look at these incredible facilities that I have at this university. And, you know, this university is set up with Nike and things like that. So, to your point, there's a lot of layers to it. (laughs) Right. (laughs) A lot of layers. That it, it would be, I guess, difficult for it to, 
happen. Um, and I think that, honestly, that's where I think it really comes down to exposure. And then I guess a comma on that would be facilities. Um, I think, you know, half the reason why, you know, teams or athletes go there, basketball, football, is just for facilities. I mean, we just saw, you know, on IG or somebody posted about LSU and they all have, you know, these, they had a locker room. They didn't even look like a locker room. It looked like uh, a resort. Man. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. A damn resort, man. Well, y'all, y'all locker room to hide it? What is all this? Like, <laughs> right. Better than my first apartment and my first full-time job, man. <laughs> Correct. Um, and so that's, that's, that's another layer to it. And you know, here's an even interesting layer, man. It's just that, you know, particularly those guys that high school basketball, so to speak, like, you know, it doesn't really matter where they go to high school. It's more like who you play with AAU. So, like, they all want to play with the top team and top thing and the top exposure and things like that. It would, the facilities just have to match what their stardom is, kind of, in a way. Okay. And that's not the, you know, shit on what's going on at HBCU because I think the atmosphere is unmatched at any university what goes on at the HBCU, their experience. I just think it comes down to kind of facility. Um, so let's let's touch on that though, right? Because it's not all the university's fault. So if you look oh, at not at all. Okay, because if you look at it, right, the NCAA reported what was it, one point one billion revenue for its just mm-hmm. its two thousand and seventeen year. All right. So you know that had to go up ex like exponentially each year. So the NCAA is dialing all of this money to these, you know, the top five and, and the rest of these programs when you start getting into media deals and things like that. So, yep. and you know how I feel about the NCAA. I think that's part of the issue is if you get these kids, it's almost the um, cart before the horse type thing where it's like, okay, we got to get these kids here, but then again, they need these facilities, but we can't get these facilities until we get this type of kids here. Um, all right. So I think that's the ultimate challenge, but I've, if you bring that type of look there, and I think that was the other thing. Um, what was his name? Uh, what's his name? Byron. What's the the media guy? Is it Byron? Is it Byron Allen that was going to buy the network? He owns the Weather Channel and all that other stuff. You know what I'm talking about? The, the I'm black, not sure. The Go black ahead. comedian guy. Okay. Well, anyway, he was he was the one that won the the bid to buy all those sports networks from um, Ice Cube. So when Ice Cube went with it was Ice Cube, LL Cool J. And I want to say uh, maybe one or two other people were uh, going to buy like this conglomerate of sports networks. He was going against Byron Allen and I think Byron Allen ended up winning. And then he was talking about creating an H, um, you know, um, a black college sports network of channels. So I think mm-hmm. that's one that, that needs that media presence. Cause we talk about people just want to flex, right? They just want to get on and, and get. So if you can say, Hey, we got this media and you'll be the darling of this media channel, you know, mm-hmm. people, people, that swings into the ego. And I think, hell, after watching Beyonce homecoming, everybody wanted to go back to HBCU. So, so I think the media component would be a, a big part of that. That would help. Yeah. And I think conferences have a lot to do. I think, I think one of the four kind of HBCU major conferences, are, you know, the MEAC, SWAC, CIA, and um, I think it's the SIS. IAC or if I got that right, but yeah. those are kind of like the the main the four main like conferences, um, and I think you know conferences matter with that media deals and things like that. You know, you look at the University of Texas, 
Um, and part of the reason why they stay in the Big 12 is so they can have their own, like, network and they didn't want to go to the SEC because they didn't want to be in the SEC network and be just, a, you know, a fish in that pond. They wanted to kind of have their own thing. Right. Uh, and I think, you know, I would, wouldn't mind seeing um, some HBCUs. I know this is going to sound bad, but I wouldn't mind seeing HBCUs just kind of delving at the other conferences. Um. Like, I think one, leave, I think, oh, like, leave their conferencing and, and but yeah, yeah, that's a money still, play though. That is, I don't know how, how does that work. See, that's the whole thing we have to dig into. I'm not sure. I mean, I, that's another layer. I know. I think North, dope, though, Norfolk right? is not in one of the four major, you know, HBCU conferences. Um, and then there's another one, maybe North Carolina Central or North Carolina A and T. One of those two are in uh in the Big South. They actually just moved to the Big South and. Um, that's just a different, just a different conference. It's just a different money network. That's the different people that you kind of play. Just a different experience. While you're still getting the same experience out of HBCU, so I think that's what happens. Um, and I just look at my own personal life. I think when I grew up in Colorado, um, I, I had a preference on where I wanted to go to school. And my main preference was I do not want to go to what was called the RMAC, which was the Rocky Mountain Athletic Conference, because I knew the same people that I just played, <laughs> <laughs> the same JV dudes that I just played here in Denver are going to be the same people in the RMAC. I was like, I had not, I just did not want to experience that in college. Yeah, and you made the same point 100%. In, in Ohio. Yeah, yeah, like in Ohio, like it was a uh, central state. And I'm like, man, I'm not trying to go to central. What every, like, I'm not trying to go to high school and college. Like I'm, I'm looking for a different experience and get away exactly. from some of your knuckleheads. So yeah. 100%. Exactly. So devil's so, advocate then really quick. Okay. You said moving to a different conference. Now it was at the, the big South. That's still a historically black school. It's just a different conference. Yeah. It's, it's still HBCU. Okay. They just, they just don't play, uh, like are in the swag or the, uh, you know, or the MEAC. They just they just play in a different conference now. Got you. Oh, and I know that that wasn't popular decision uh, amongst the other um, HBCUs, but um, yeah, it, it was it was definitely a move that they made, and it's it seemed to work for Norfolk State. It seemed to work for, um, I guess A T is there now. They're in the Big South, so that is it is North Carolina A T. So it seems to be working for them. I don't know. Maybe that's a move in the future. I don't know. Well, one thing I, I, I do like, um, as of recent, I don't know if you picked up on this, um, some of the HBCUs are playing in the Power Five, are playing, you know, some of these schools. I mean, yeah. most of them are taking L's, but then, <laughs> but, then, <Yeah. laughs> but, then but then uh the freaking Howard Bisons come into Las Vegas and whoop the shit out of UNLV. <laughs> Did they? They beat them. They beat them, man. It's it's bad yeah. because it was one of those money games. Like, man, how are you gonna pay someone to whoop your ass, man? That's right. <laughs> that's not a good look. But right. um, I think that was like two years ago, two or three years ago. Okay. But um, they played Howard. You know, Howard came in, and I think it was a contract where they were supposed to come in and, and play him a couple times. Um, I want to say there was um, Bethune Cookman played Miami Hurricanes. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think they need to start doing that. Cause I remember kind of back when Mac schools started playing bigger competition and, and, and those are those exposures that you need, but still staying in your conference. Um, I, I think that helps them a lot and it definitely helps them when they win or stay close. I, I, I totally agree. Um, um, the other part that they're doing, um, 
and I think this was supposed to be the first year. I, I'm attempting to pull it up really quick and still talk <laughs> with some sense. But uh, let's just say this year was supposed to be the U, uh, first year, but they were doing like a Hall of Fame game for um, HBCUs. And I think that's going to be like, that's going to be like their Hall of Fame classic. You know how like a lot of, you know, big teams mm-hmm. do the kickoff classic where they're playing in, you know, Texas Stadium, um, you know, our stadium here, Allegiant Stadium's talking about what kind of kickoff classic game that we can have here. Um, I think that's where they're the only game on. Uh, and it's early in the season where you're like, hey, I'm craving to watch some sports, so I'm going <laughs> to watch anything. Uh, that helps mm-hmm. get them exposure. So I think that'll help. Yeah, I think that's dope, man. I think that's uh, I think that's that's really dope, man. I didn't I didn't know that, but that's that's definitely going to help on the exposure standpoint. So it is going to just take you. You're going to need some. Um, one of the things, you know, just really quickly touching on Jamel's um article, she talked about a big name recruit that was at least taking what do you call them uh, visits to HBCU. And yeah. I think even just that, like, even if he doesn't go, I think it's almost, I don't want to say a requirement, but we need, like, I guess going back to the ultimate focus for black athletes, you know, I think parents or athletes should at least visit one, right? Um, you get so many visits. I think you should go visit one of them before you make your ultimate decision because at the end of the game, they do have to produce and, and give you things that you think are, are, that work for you, right? Because it's still your future, uh, what's the best fit for you? And you may be surprised. And I think those that news or that buzz that like, hey, Zion Williams, or I can't tell you who the top, who's because it's not one and done in, in football, but, you know, mm-hmm. just the top quarterback or receiver or something going to the school and just checking it out, just getting a visit in, in that pub would help. I think 100%, man. Um, and I think, um, you know, it it, it, it would uh, – it would just get the name of HBCUs. It would bring um, just the added exposure, you know, just kind of seeing that name on the top three or top five for, you know, a big time college football athlete, you know, to see the um, Prairie View A&M as, you know, one of the five finalists for a top guy out of Texas. Um, I think that would be huge. I mean, even when um, they do the, cause I mean, they were doing this back then where like, all of these kids are on their social media showing like doing these elaborate skits and flash dances about <laughs> what school they're going to and, and the hat, you know, at least having one of those hats on the the table. I mean, it's just uh, anything that, that, that will definitely help. I think so. <laughs> the only thing I can say in, in, in the bands are foundation <laughs> of, of, of HBCUs, but Y'all gotta turn it down on second down. Like y'all just have to play a little quieter on second down. I'll him. never forget. Hit him with a fly to the bumblebee. <laughs> <laughs> I went. To, yes, I went to uh, homecoming at Tuskegee. Um and oh boy, it was no so so many things was going on. People selling stuff. Some of the best food I've had in my life. Uh, the bands. Folks dancing, folks laughing. It was like a just a, a big like uh, block party, right. you know what I mean? But I was like, who uh, <laughs> who's watching the game? Like, I want to see the people playing or watching the game. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, hey, ain't, ain't nobody really watching the game. 
I used to go to the Circle City Classic all the time, and then I used to go to the Ag- oh yes, and the yeah, Ag- Circle City, yeah, Circle City, yeah. You spent some yeah. time in that city, so I, I have. <laughs> so I used to do that, and then mm-hmm. I also used to do the Aggie Eagle Classic uh, down in Carolina. Home, my homeboy went to A and T. So now, yeah. did you did you watch the game? What game? Was there? I didn't even know they were playing. <laughs> <laughs> my yeah. boy, I couldn't. Man, I couldn't tell you what color their uniform man. Yeah, I, I'm the same way. I, I said, like I said, the Magic City Classic was my favorite thing, and I remember the, you know, parades and everything that happened, and I remember all the after parties. I couldn't tell you what happened at the actual game. So, man, maybe, maybe during the game we could just chill out and watch the game too. That, that would be dope as well. Well, <laughs> you know, for all my years this year, I this past year I watched the Celebration Bowl that was on TV, and I tweeted about yeah. it. So I, I gave my little contribution, you know, for sure. Um, but yeah, it just needs support and it's going to be tough because the other component, because we talk about Mm -hmm. this is I think it lies into your exposure comment. Who is the most recent, um, top athlete for our, I guess, main two sports football, basketball that came out of a HBCU. I'll wait. Top athlete came out of HBCU. In the last... Last, I'll give you last 15, 15 years, 10 years. Um, I know just because I like corners, I know uh, Dominique Rogers Cromartie went to Tennessee State. Um, but that he's a, I, I just off the top of my head, that's the first one that comes to my mind, him. And then, other than that, there's no high profile, I know right? Because I, I mean, yeah, I mean, Cromartie is. Is because yeah. you you know you have that affinity for that position. Yeah, I mean Isaiah Crowell, uh, who started off at maybe Georgia. Yeah, he start, he's a running back. Started off at Georgia. I think he got transferred. He went to Alabama State. Um, I, I don't know anybody in basketball um, besides. Uh, yeah, I don't know anybody in basketball. And that's the thing, right? So if you don't have anybody that's any kind of representation, because I was looking at. And I did the top, and even when you look at the top of all time, you get some big names there. But you're you're going back with um, people yeah, with un- one one bar on their face mask and big neck rolls. So yeah, you're, you're, you're talking Jerry Rice, and Jerry Walker Rice. Payton, yeah, and, you're talking Mel Blunt. <laughs> yeah, Lynn Barney. Yeah. I mean Strahan. You know, he went to what Texas? It was a Texas school, but uh, mm-hmm. you don't Texas have Southern. I think Texas Southern. Yeah. You don't have big names, and you don't have very recent big names. Yeah, I, I agree. And I think, uh, you know, even more recently, uh, you, you, you remember Juan Dixon? Do not. So Juan Dixon, Juan Dixon played at the University of Maryland, number three. He was like a guard. And then it was the year Maryland won, went to the Final Four. I can't remember if they won a national championship, but he played with the same team as Steve Blake. Steve Blake looked like uh, the little dude from Friday Night Lights, the little quarterback. I forgot right. that actor's name. Um, but Juan Dixon was like the guy, right? He was the guy, he was the guy, and like that name resonated for a little bit in, in sports because of how big the Final Four is. But now Juan Dixon is coaching. And do you know where Juan Dixon coaches at? Mm-mm. Chopping state, chopping state as 
Are you serious? <laughs> yeah, and he's been there for uh, I don't know, legit like seven years. I don't know, and that's that's not something um, that's exposed or publicized a lot. Now, if Juan Dixon would have went back to the University of Maryland, and you know that might have been big news somewhere. You know what I mean? So I don't know. I don't think that's HBCU's fault. Um, but I guess an alumni presence is another level to it as well. You know, I think half the reason why people go to schools, you know, football wise, is like, okay, big facilities nice. Um, I'm going to get to play here on TV at this part, and I'm going to get connected to such and such alumni as legacy, well. That's another, right. yeah, there's the there's legacy like- part for sure, for sure. Yeah, for sure, one hundred percent. That's another avenue to it. And then Jamel Hill is a great article. And I love Jamel Hill, but even Jamel Hill, there's a great journalism program at Hampton and Howard, but she went to Michigan State. So that's my question to her, too. You know what I mean? So, you know, it's not just a black athlete. It's a lot of different things, man. I can go. I, I love watching uh, Black AF on Netflix. You know, why, that could have been on BET. You know what I'm saying? Like, why does I just have to be on Netflix? So, I don't know. Well, that's just, they got a, I think it's deeper than just the athletes, I guess. But you, you got to understand, though, that starts with, I mean, the athletes can really change up a lot of dynamics of the school because once you start getting better facilities, you get better gyms, you get more money to fund these other programs. Um, you, you know how that works. Oh, 100%. I, I, went, I went to school and I'm like, man, we built that building over there. <laughs> but, that's, but that's why I think in basketball – it could, it just works. Like I just think there's, there's too many people and too many moving parts of football, logistically for that. Not not saying logistically, but I'm just saying there's 90 people on a scholarship on Division One. So I, I I think that's going to be like a, be a longer change. I think basketball, you get three guys that are top 100. Oh, it changes the game. Easily, yeah, you can easily make the Sweet 16. You'd be like, oh dang, what is this? Prairie View A and M in the Elite Eight, you know what I mean? Like so, like that's why I say basketball. I think is is, is the, the one that's going to have to kind of start this movement. Um, I agree with that part, right? Because it's okay. it's a it's a quicker movement. They only have to stay there for one year if they're an elite yeah. person. They change the game. They make their name, and they're still going to get you know drafted or you know be a top lottery pick in in the NBA or whatever. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe Jamel references on the article. I can't remember. Or it was a different article, but shoot, the Fab Five was at University of, of Michigan, and I'm, I'm sure they had you know reasons and layers to to go in there. But if the Fab Five was um, at an HBCU and they were you know made the Final Four, then you know we'll probably still be talking about that. And we still talk about the Fab Five now. So that's why I just say basketball is just probably an easier move for it to happen. Well, it's definitely the premise of the article was just getting more. I think if it was a monetary thing, talking about building these institutions on the black of on the back of black athletes, say that five times fast, um, to where if we could get these athletes, these talented players that these universities are using, you know, and that we can get into getting to pay for play and all of that good stuff. But um, I think that was one of the core topics that she was really hitting on. Um, yeah. I mean, that's something I got out of it. I, I, I totally agree. I think, um, you know, we, we watch 
the games and what we see on the games is largely uh, faces that look like us and, you know, players that look like us. And um, those universities are benefiting uh, greatly <laughs> from the athletic program uh, and things of that nature. Um, so, I don't know. I, I hope one day we can do that. I, I think also, here's another here's another um, point to make about that is just um, what does is, what is a college athlete want in his college experience? You know what I'm saying? Um, does he want to just see something totally different than he grew up or, you know, I grew up in Colorado, so when I went to Alabama, I lived there for three years, it was like, whoa, like, this is totally different in a lot of different ways uh, from when I grew up. But, you know, a kid in Alabama, you know, maybe going to the University of Alabama or, you know, University of Texas is different for him, for a kid that's living in Montgomery to go into Alabama State. Maybe that's, you know, like you said, high school all over again. Um, so, I mean, there's just a lot of layers to it, man. Um, I, I'll say, include on my end, that if I had to do it again, I definitely wouldn't went to HBCU. But I'm not Zion Williamson either, so I'm not going to really change the, the pendulum <laughs> of, the, of the outcome either. But I definitely probably would have went there and experienced that for four years. No, I I definitely think how what I would subscribe to is really even, you know, I, I kind of miss my nephew that just, you know, he was looking at schools, but I would have definitely had, you know, them at least experience or, or do an overnight or check out one, you know, just to say, okay, I, I, I hate to say this, but check that box. And, and it mm-hmm. may open their eyes and, you know, maybe it doesn't work the first round, but then it's like, oh, if I transfer, I'll go here. So I think that's would be my, my kind of push. 100%, man. And like I said, man, hopefully get here. I think the, I, I really, my eyes have been on North Carolina A&T for the last year or so. Uh, just because they're in the Big South, and that's just, a, you know, they play different schools and things like that, and there's still HBCU there. Um, Norfolk State has grown um, in their athletic program, and they're no longer uh, in a um, one of the four major black conferences. So I think that's another avenue that's just an interesting piece about it. So I'll be looking at those two schools moving forward to see what happens. Well, they need some exposure. And like I said, that Black College Football Hall of Fame classic that they're starting, um, I think that would be big. They were having, which is funny, we talked about this, but uh, Central State, of course, because they're regional in the Ohio area. Um, and then it's that them versus Howard University was um, what they have for the for them to kick off at the Tom Benson Stadium. So, you know, if they can continue to do things like this, I believe it would help. I agree. And then the success rates are higher you know, for the black student graduating out of uh, HBCUs and it is for, you know, kind of black students and predominantly white um, institutions. Um, so, you know, if, if the goal is to get that degree uh, and sometimes you can kind of let your hair down and you don't have to be, um, I feel like you have to act a certain way if you're around people that look like you. Um, so that can go to the success of, being more than just an athlete, getting your getting your education, getting it done, and being in an environment where that's comfortable for you to do that. So, and I think that's part of the problem too, right? Like, because if we're talking about the elite or the top players, you know, that's not really what they're looking at. You know, they're looking at what's that plan A to get me to to, to the league. You know, what's going to give me that most exposure? You know, how yeah. can, how can I ball out? Um, and it's just a lot of competition for. Well, definitely for basketball now that they got the G League and, and, and one-and-done schools that really promote 
and push people and they're recruiting people in different ways. And then football as well. You know, I don't want to go play, you know, B-level football. Like, I don't want to go to a school and, and take L's. So it's going to be interesting. It's a, it's a really, really big overhaul for them to make. Um, but like, like we talked about, it's going to just take exposure and it's going to take some, a couple people to make that catalyst, that, that change, you know, that, that dynamic change. Yeah. And I, I think, uh, you know, it would be interesting to see one of those guys go their football route, you know, right out of high school. Um, I think we kind of see that avenue. Like, I can't remember the guy's name from Florida State. Uh, he was a quarterback. He started as a freshman. And he got in trouble. And then he went on to play at Hampton for uh, two seasons and was balling out. But I don't know what happened to him as far as the NFL. Mm-hmm. Right. You know what I mean? Because he just kind of got lost in the sauce, I guess. And his exposure was limited. But, um, yeah. It's, it's- <laughs> It's, go, it's going to be a lot of uh, level of change. <laughs> it's going to be a lot, man. Like I said, but, this will yeah. be definitely a lot. How does how does the recruiting – I was a recruiter, obviously, by HBCU. Um, you had a, a historical black college kind of more local to you there in Ohio. So how's the whole, like, recruiting – how did that go for you in that avenue? They, did, they didn't come – <laughs> they didn't come to us, you know, which is yeah. a shame. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, I don't know how they do that. Right. Um, mm-hmm. That's a great question. You know, so what are the recruiting you know, practices? Who do they have pushing for them? Um, I think we also talked about this is, or, or, you know, I've had conversations, the recruiting practices is a little different. So for me, it was, you really went as far as, you know, you had visibility, you know, or pipelines, right? So, um, I had a couple of guys that went to, you know, Ohio State, Bowling Green, Toledo, Miami of Ohio. Um, and then I had some people that went down south. So Tennessee State uh, and, and things like that. So those people had pipelines. Right. And then the pipelines that my my school had. And that's really how you got recruited other than, you know, sending out, you know, your tapes to where now, you know, they can just go to your YouTube and everybody has like, you know, little YouTube clips they can digitally send out and. And you can touch these coaches and things like that for, for people that are more aggressive. But uh, from, from my experience, they didn't, they didn't come recruit at all. Yeah. Cause you know, I, I didn't get recruited and I had interest in going to Morgan state, um, which, is in, which is in Baltimore, right out of high school, just cause I was interested in the area. And, you know, my dad kind of pushed uh, HBCUs as just, you know, something to think about. Um, but, you know, for uh, a guy like me, and I think historical black colleges are are able to recruit more nationally than some of other schools are. Right. Um, even the school I went to, Northern Colorado, I think Morgan State probably has a, a bigger national post than Northern Colorado does. Um, but, you know, I, I don't know if they would ever reach out to my, you know, to me. I don't know. You know what I'm saying? Like, yes. <laughs> Absolutely. Right. You know, I, I, I was in a the top five best player in the state of Colorado, but you know, I was probably top 20, you know what I'm saying? So, you know, that, that could start a problem. I just don't know how the recruiting process works. And I, I don't know if they recruit as national, um, you know, so 
we'll see. It's it's it's, it's kind of weird anyway too. Like if if I'm thinking of coaching, and this is something that my my brother had mentioned to me, and I'm not jumping to a different time. I'm talking about coaches now with HBCUs, but a lot of times the coaches in HBCUs they kind of just rotate from one HBCU to another one, and they mm-hmm. never really like rotate to I don't know another Power Five school or anything like that. So I, I don't know. I don't know where how that device started or anything like that. Um, I don't know where the, obviously from desegregation, it, it, it probably, it, it definitely did hurt the historical black college when it comes to athletics. But um, yeah, man, there's just a lot of work that has to be done. Yeah. So <laughs> it's like I, we, we lost them and they're almost like it's going forever. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it, and it's, and it's, I don't know. I would, hate to just pin that all on just the black athletes and just you know you gotta you're you're responsible for changing this whole uh narrative i just think as a society we just gotta support as a community we just gotta need to support us more anyway so that is the definite thing to, to figure out how we can support and push but they gotta want it too right and the fact that we don't even know they're recruiting um, but yeah, let's just continue to shine a light. Like I said, me going forward, I'm definitely, you know, talking to everyone like, Hey, have you at least just visited or thought about it? Um, because I think it needs to be brought up. And if, if you put it to the forefront, hopefully, you know, it just opens up their eyes to want to do that. And maybe we just need a, another, uh, Beyonce <laughs> concert pushing HBCUs. Um, cause celebrities are doing that though. I mean, there, there are some right. that's, that's talking about it and I think that's the the last layer I mean, it's all a continuous layer about the exposure, but you know, you got, yep. we've talked about uh, Steph Curry, you know, um, investing in HBCUs that, you know, even mm-hmm. though they didn't go to it, but their golf program. All right. Um, that's about the only thing that I can think of right now. But, you know, they, they just, like you said, it's not just the athlete, the current, you know, going to athlete, but it's outside entities that have to push that. Yeah, for sure. I know the NFL does a, uh doing a better job of, you know, kind of recognizing the HBCUs. Obviously, they've benefited from legends that we just touched on earlier uh, from HBCUs, but they have a they have a good program where they, you know, people that um, lack that work in NFL uh, franchises and organizations are able to go talk to HBCU students and kind of have a networking conference about, you know, different avenues in sports management. So, oh, that's um, dope. And didn't they do yeah, like it, an announcement or like recognizing all of them? Like, was it this year's Super Bowl or a couple Super mm-hmm. Bowls ago or something like that? Yep, this year's Super Bowl. Actually, it was last year's Super Bowl. Okay, um, that they did that. But yeah, so you know, there's there's progress being made, there's strides being made. It's just gotta take some uh, some more steps. There you go, man. We just gotta have fingers crossed. <laughs> <laughs> but it, for sure, hey, if had I went to the Magic City Classic. Uh, as a, if that was my recruiting trip as a senior, oh yeah, I, <laughs> <laughs> so I just got there a little late. There you go, same, same. Well, hey man, it was good chopping up about this, man. Hopefully, we do see some progression, and then maybe uh, we'll see that Hall of Fame game, and we'll do a recap of the the Hall of Fame game of the HBCUs of Central State and Howard. Hopefully, they can uh, get that going. Um, yes, want to thank everybody for listening, man. If you enjoyed this show, please share it. Even if you didn't enjoy the show, please share it and kind of give us your comments. We're on all social media platform. We are black in sports is the handle. And we're also on um, most podcast platforms again, black in sports. So that's Spotify, iHeart, 
um, Apple, you name it, we're there. And just know we're rooting for you. Screaming, all us blacks got a sports and entertainment until we even. Assuming I'm rooting for everybody that's black. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. Assuming I'm rooting for everybody that's black. Yo, 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 yo. Show me I'm rooting for everybody that's black Spat about two racks on handmade new rags Show me I'm rooting for everybody that's black That's everybody from sports to college class to rap and back.